just listen to them. Just sit down, listen to them, and just don't tell them how they're feeling. Just acknowledge your feelings. Acknowledge your feelings are valid. Hey there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. I am going to keep trying. Now, we are talking about suicide, so this may not be a good fit for everyone. Please take that into account before you listen. But I do hope you listen, because there is so much to learn. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out, hello at suicidenoted.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. As always, I want to thank all of our attempt survivors who have joined me on this podcast since we started in July of last year, and to all of our listeners, our growing base of listeners around the world. If you want to help us out, keep listening. Let folks know about the podcast, especially folks who may need to hear it. And if you listen on Apple, you can rate, review, and or subscribe. That really does help people find this podcast. I will include information in the show notes on how you can make a financial contribution if you want to do that as well, regardless of how you support. Thank you. Today, I am talking with Austin, who is joined by his mother, Heather. Austin lives in Washington, and he is a suicide attempt survivor. Hey, Austin and Heather. Austin, how are you feeling? I'm okay. I'm one day at a time. Yeah. A little nervous today. A little nervous. Chances are anything I say won't change that, but I hope you can feel comfortable enough. I, I might, I look like a mean guy, but I'm not usually. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Austin. So you and your, your mom, Heather, have heard the podcast. Yes. What compelled you to reach out to me and say, I want to be on this thing. I want to share my stuff. Because I feel like I've never had a platform to talk about it ever. And like, a, you know what I mean? When I got out of treatment, I wanted to share with like my classmates, my teachers, my, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it wasn't the appropriate space. And I feel like this is an appropriate space and it won't be just for, for like a family to hear. It'll be for the whole world to hear. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate it. I do. I think it takes a lot of courage and uh, I think you'll be helping some people out. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you for giving me this opportunity. I really do. For sure. Absolutely. So let's do this. Let's, um, you know, if you've heard the podcast, I don't typically, uh, I dive right into stuff, uh, but I want to let you share your story and what happened, however you want to and have your most comfortable. So you, you had said, or I think your mom said that you had two attempts. Is that right? I would say like, uh, like three, three, I would okay. say, I would say three. Okay. Do you want to start with the first one? Yes. My, my depression started around like summer of last year and I've never really thought anything of it like oh I'm gonna be okay it was just like you know like the pandemic you know the pandemic really hit me for sure and like not you know I'm a choir geek I love choir 
Mm-hmm. I, I didn't be able to require what I ran track and didn't get to run track. And I think, you know, all those things on top of that, I'm trying to figure out my sexual orientation, trying to like figure that out. Mm. So on top of all those things, like kind of like broke me. Mm. And I kind of had a plan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to take, I was on Zoloft because they put me on Zoloft one night i came out to the living room my dad was on the couch and he thought i was just refilling my pill bottle but i actually took 700 milligrams that's all i went to bed honestly he called his sister after he took the pills and he had you know i don't know if he was planning on saying goodbye because he didn't write a note or anything Mm -hmm. and then my daughter called me right away and i came in to look for austin and to be honest with you I didn't even recognize who he was. His eyes were like black mm. and he just had this look of like, I can't even explain it. So at first I was pissed. What <laughs> are you? I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Mm. And at that moment we took him to the hospital. They didn't have to pump his stomach because it had been a few hours or whatever, but they did keep him. And at that point we found out that he'd also been cutting. So at that point they, took him to a youth facility for two weeks and we put him in a youth facility, but the mental health care system, they just kind of like medicate our kids and like, just be like, okay, well, you know, we'll put you on this. And then you go home and you go back to your normal life. And I mean, it worked, I guess for a while, but when the pandemic hit, Austin's the only child at home now, our two other kids are grown. So his dad and I were essential. So it's like, you know what I mean? He was home alone all the time. He was, you know what I mean? And we didn't think anything of it. Cause I'm like, geez, I wish somebody could tell me I could stay home for three months. You know what I mean? Like, but mm. it just really made him hard and he got into a really dark place. So at that point he was cutting and he had tried overdosing on a bunch of medication. Right, man. So Austin, you were, you're home alone. The pandemic yeah. is here. You can't do track. You're not doing choir. Uh, you've got access to this medication. I have a question about that particular day. Yes. Because uh, you know, if you hear the podcast, I'm always trying to figure this stuff out. I don't know if it's something that'll ever be figured out, but I try. Yeah. Was there something about that particular day? Because, you know, look, you said you were dealing with depression. He had anxiety. I've had anxiety my whole life. I was actually a premature baby. I was a one pound, eight ounces. And I feel like that came with prematurity was anxiety, unfortunately. And I feel like I've been doing, dealing with them my whole life. Yeah. I could manage it pretty well. Mm. And then it's just like this pandemic and just like, it's just a bombshell one out. Yeah. So what was it? Was there something about that day or was it just, uh, why not today? Why not today? Basically. Yeah. And I kind of like was building up to it. And I can and- tell you the exact day. It was September 16th, 2020. September 16th, 2020. So less than a year ago. Yep. Your mom comes in, she's angry, and then probably has several different emotions going on. Yeah. Uh, What happens with you? So what do you remember? I don't really remember much. Mm -hmm. My mom told me to get in the car, and I just kind of stared at her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had this really dark look on his face. I'm getting the truck. I remember my husband and I loading him up, and honestly we had to put the child locks on in the back of the car because as we were driving down the street, I could see Austin's hand, you know, like he was going to jump out of the car. 
You wanted so out. I told my husband, I'm like, put the child locks on, sat in the back seat with him all the way to the hospital. You know, we got there. And like I said, they ended up keeping him there and then they transported him to the facility from there. But that was the first time. Austin, what did you think about that facility? I had kind of a lot of mixed emotions about it. Like, it was okay. I was there for a reason. But at the same time, it's just like, like my mom said, like mental health care in Washington State is not for that good. They could be better. For sure. No doubt. So then, all right, you're back out. And this is so now we're at the end of September, beginning of October. We're still in the no. middle of this stupid pandemic. So take me, if you would, share like sort of what happens in, the, in those weeks and months after that. I was okay. I wasn't like great. I was okay. Just kind of struggling. And then December hit. I was depressed again. Had kind of a plan again that I was going to overdose again. Didn't tell anyone, I assume. Didn't tell anybody. Right. We got through the holidays. Same thing. Like you take him to the pediatrician and the pediatrician is like, how are you feeling today, Austin? Well, all he has to say is I'm feeling fine. And then they're like, okay, well, we're going to continue on Zoloft. And I'm like, okay. We got through Christmas. January, Austin's 17th birthday was February 9th. Yes. February 17th. February 17th. Same thing. I'm at work. All of a sudden I get, well, I talked to Austin in the morning because I had him call me every morning, you know, and at this point he was going to school for, because he's um, on an IEP. So he, they were allowing him to go to school for two hours in the morning just to get some socialization. And then he was coming home. And then doing online learning from there. So I remember that morning, I talked to Austin in the morning. He's like, I love you, mom. You know, thinking back, he was probably saying goodbye to me in his mind because, you know, he said he never left a note. But anyway, nine o'clock in the morning over the loudspeaker at work, you know, Heather, you had a telephone call on line one or whatever. So I answered it as the school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's really weird. Like, why are they calling me? Because usually they'll call my cell phone. And it's the lady in the office. She's like, we have Austin in the office. His blood pressure is like 177 over 211. She's like, he took a bunch of, so he researched this one. And yeah, I researched it, overdosing on leave. So that was his plan. So, and he counted them out. I took roughly 13,000 milligrams. How many pills is that? 63. You have the exact number memorized. Do you remember? And unfortunately, yes. Yeah, no. Oh, and then, so was that what, similar in that what happened afterwards and that you don't remember much? I actually took him before school. I had, I had tear. My grandma's lived with us and she's 90. And I uh, told her goodbye and I, had, I started crying. Mm. And I walked to the bus stop and I actually threw him up. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything in my stomach. And I went to the bus stop and I just had to tell somebody. So mm-hmm. I told the principal. Once again, I was pissed. Yeah. Left work, go to the school, and they're just basically telling me he's not going home with you. The ambulance is on their way. The fire department's on their way. You know, his blood pressure is out of control. But why is the fire department coming? Because that's just what they do in our small town. It's like, we live in a really small town. So it's like, if you get pulled over, all four cops from the same, <laughs> you know, everybody just shows up. How you feeling when this is happening, Austin? You remember them coming? Yeah, like still to this day, it's hard for me to enter the school building because mm-hmm. I all I can see 
is the ambulance, the fire truck, the police car, me being loaded into the ambulance, me being having an IV in my arm. That's all I can remember. And it's hard. Yeah. And as much as you're comfortable, if this is hard, then we know we can, we can move on. No, it's on. fine. Yeah. What happens after that? So where are you taking? What happens in the next days or weeks? Went to a mental hospital. I went to the hospital and they put me into a mental hospital, which this mental hospital was not the best. They put me in a room with like three other people mm-hmm. and they um, over medicated me. They just like threw me on medication. And then when I came home, my mom's my mom said that I wasn't like myself. He was in a place called Fairfax up here, up in Kirkland. It's a mental hospital for all ages. You know, they have adults, they have youth there or whatever. He was actually sexually assaulted there. They put these kids that have been in a room on medication for a couple, you know, regulated. They put new kids in there with him. When I picked him up from there, I literally, he couldn't even walk out of the car. Like he was stumbling all over the place. And I looked at my husband. I'm like, what is going on? Like he is so overly medicated. Like he doesn't even know. So he was able to come home for one day. And at that point we decided to put him in residential and we put him in a residential treatment facility for 30 days. And honestly, like that is what saved his life because they got to the root of the problem instead of just, you know, throwing all this medication at him or whatever. So he hasn't really been home that long. So Austin, what was that root problem? What did they, what did you all figure out? I think it's like, you know, I've had some family trauma in the past that we kind of dealt with and, you know, the pandemic and they gave me coping skills and. On top of me being hospitalized, I started like participating in reckless behavior, running away from home. Running away, he told me he hitchhiked. Well, I did try to run away from the residential facility. It almost feels like the devil is like manipulating me. Mm -hmm. Austin was hearing voices. Well, I thought it was voices. You know, and at first they told me, they called me up and they're like, your son's schizophrenic. And I'm like, schizophrenic I'm like like how does that happen and they're like well you know a lot of times when people are schizophrenic it doesn't show up until like their late teens early 20s and I'm like okay so they're like we're gonna treat him for schizophrenia and you know his anxiety and his depression and I'm like okay and then I just broke down because I'm like god now my kid has a label and come to find out when you're so depressed and have such bad anxiety, apparently you think you're hearing voices, but they're your internal. They're not really voices telling you, but Austin's yeah. depression and anxiety was so dark that it was his own voices. They weren't actual voices. I see. Right. Okay. So it was a misdiagnosis. And did they diagnose you with anything that feels accurate in so much that you can treat it and maybe? have a better life they've just diagnosed me with major depressive disorder with yeah. like generalized anxiety so. mm-hmm. got it so you were you had said you were angry at points but you in the past year in addition to the pandemic and everything i've never really had this situation where i could ask somebody this but one other occasion what's it like to have your child your youngest child right austin's your mm-hmm. youngest child, mm-hmm. attempt to end his life you know, we, we've never dealt with this. That's why I thought like today it was really important. Cause like I said, I just feel like us parents, I would have never thought that this would happen to me and mm-hmm. my family. Like I just never thought, how come he doesn't love himself? Like we love him. Mm-hmm. 
why doesn't he see his worth? You know, he's so important to us and he's so, I didn't understand it. And my husband and I, through this whole process, you know, we took some parenting classes, Mm. you know, which was very good for us to try to, because I feel like, like I've learned, like Austin asks me a question and I'll answer it for him instead of letting him tell me what's wrong with him. I've just, we've just learned, you know what I mean? Like we have to hear these kids out. Like we can't cover it up. His feelings are his feelings. It's not my job to tell him how he's feeling. It's not my place to tell him to suck it up. As parents, we have to listen. Our kids are dying. And I can't even imagine. We fought so hard to get him here because he was. He was a 23-weeker. He was born at 23 weeks. You know, he's had lots of surgeries. He has a shunt in the back of his head. You know, we fought for 17 years to have this little boy here. We can't give up now. People that give up, don't contact me. <laughs> don't join me here. Yeah. So. And it's just like as parents, I feel like I've the few, you know, that I've heard a lot of these kids are saying, you know, my mom was just, you know, it's going to be okay. Suck it up. Let's hide it from the world. I want to shout it from the rooftops. You know what I mean? Like, this is who he is. This is his story. And I'm glad he's here to share it. You know, we got to quit, you know, pacifying it and making, you know what I mean? These kids need to be heard. And I would add, in my experience, obviously, it's just my opinion. It's not just parents. We're all really bad at listening. Mm -hmm. I mean, astoundingly bad. And I think, again, just my thoughts, that's that's a killer. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to say, well, it's the, the depression that killed them. I wouldn't say no to that, but I'd say that the people in their lives that aren't listening mm-hmm. are contributing. It's not necessarily Absolutely. the most popular thing to say or no. hear. But hey, uh, Austin, if you were alone right now, yes. would the conversation be different? Would you be more honest or say certain things that you might not say if she weren't there? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Probably. My last couple of days, I've been thinking about it. Okay. Yeah, we've had a couple rough days. Like, I've been literally like, oh my God. Like, again, it feels like the devil manipulates me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he wants me to do it. Like, he wants he wants that satisfaction mm-hmm. of him winning. Like, honestly, I get to that point where I'm just going to let him just take it. Did you say earlier that there were... I believe three attempts and I've heard about one in September and one in, I believe, January, February. Third attempt was I tried to strangle myself with like a belt. Here's a weird question, you know, cause you've, you've been trying to communicate things about sort of your mental state and you've brought up things around the devil. What is it like to be you? What is it like to be Austin every day? In this, it sounds like this almost, and these are my words, not yours, sort of in-between state of wanting to live and not so much wanting to live. It's, some days are hard. Some days are hard. Like the last couple of days were hard, have been hard. Do you know what I mean? It's just like I have thoughts in my head and I was just like, okay, let's do it. Mm. At the same time, I don't want to take away my mom's baby boy. So you have a dad, mom, and two older siblings? Two older siblings. Do they know about these your struggles? They do. Yeah. Are they supportive? They are. 
now now but in the beginning same thing you know what I mean his older brother for instance they all went to the same school so that's another issue that we have you know his older brother was a wrestler a football player very popular you know all the teachers loved him Austin comes along you know and he's different he likes choir and he likes track and he's you know trying to figure out his sexual identity and I feel like they're not supposed to label him, but I think they do. And so Austin kind of feels like he has to live up to his brother's standards. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. I just feel judged, like in the school in general. I get the teacher support aspect of my mental for like supporting me through my mental health, but where's the peer support? Mm-hmm. Like, why mm-hmm. are kids my age asking me how I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I ask how they're doing. Why not me? I was going to ask you, how many people do you have in your life to talk to? Basically, my family and my teachers. They're an accountant and a counselor. I don't have any, like, friends. I know it's sad to say, but I don't have, like, friends or anything I talk to them. I mean, I have acquaintances, but, like, I shared my story to, like, my whole choir, but they don't care. Like, but, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want people to look at me different because they try to take more money. And I feel like they are. Sure. I don't really appreciate it because I did nothing wrong. Doesn't sound like you did anything wrong, no. And your parents and your family and your therapist, I think you said, right? Your therapist? Yeah. I mean, those people, and I'm saying, I know your mom's in the room here. You have certain things you will not share with them, I assume. Right. Right. Because, you know, like if my mom knew what I was thinking, I think it would have been her. Probably. And I I don't want to break her. So, what that sounds like to me, though, is that you end up having certain things that you really can't tell anybody. I feel like, no. And that's got to be, and maybe I'm stating the obvious, that's got to be very difficult. Yeah. You know, and I get it. I mean, I get that he's feeling like that. And I've told him, you know what I mean? I'm just mom. I get that too. But I want him to be able to be honest with me. But I also remember being a teenager and thinking, you know what I mean? My mom was this, you know what I mean? I don't think you're stupid. I don't think you think I'm stupid, but I'm not that old that I don't remember feeling like that. I'm thinking, you know, I don't want my mom to know everything, but at the same time, I just want him to know how loved he is and that suicide's not the way out. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the answer. Austin, do you, do you feel the same way? Some days I wish I was dead. Some days I don't. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I, I believe in a higher power. I mm-hmm. talk to him and I'm like, just take me. Mm-hmm. Just, just take me. Like, go to sleep and don't wake up. Basically. Like sometimes I have, I have visions of myself walking with Jesus in heaven. That just breaks my heart. I don't want to break your heart. Tough spot. Mom and Jesus, earth and heaven. What do you think people don't understand? And some of it's already come up, Austin, about whether it's your struggle or other people that you can sort of say, it, it seems like maybe some of them are going through the same thing, whether that's depression, struggles with, sexual identification attempts, all of that. I know it's a big, broad question. What do people not get? I feel like people don't get that every person's journey is different. Like I had a comment in my English class when I was in English and they were talking about suicide and depression. So it was kind of hard for me to tune in. But this one kid, and I remember clear as day, he's like, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to kill myself. And I'm in the back of my mind, like that's not how it works. Some, Yeah, some people may think like that, 
they're going to have a bad day. They want to kill themselves. Yeah, sure. I'm not saying that's not correct, but everyone has suicidal thoughts for differently. Mm-hmm. And everyone's journey is different. Another person may have depression. They deal with it differently than I do. Yeah. Or like any mental illness for that. Like I have hydrocephalus and that's where like my the food in my brain doesn't like drain properly. Some per, other person may have it and they treat, they have it differently than I do. Sure. Or every illness in general, everyone struggles with it differently. And it's just like, I feel like so many people think it's like a joke. I mean, and I'm going to be honest with you, like two years ago, I probably would have thought I didn't really think about it because I didn't really know anybody that had it. It's like, it's not a joke. If suicide is a joke, then everything's a joke. I mean, if that, if that can't be taken seriously. And people just, you know, some of the kids at school and stuff, they just joke about it. And Austin actually... I got a thing from the school telling me that Austin was called to the office because that day that that happened in class, I guess Austin stood up and he's like, it's not funny. And he had to go to the office and they gave him a disciplinary action. But, and then when he came home, he's like, mom, I just couldn't help it. He's like, because he was like acting like it was a joke and it was funny and it's not a joke. And he's like, I just needed to voice my opinion. And I'm like, well, it's okay. I want you to voice your opinion but he got a disciplinary action for it. I, I'm about to say something and I don't think I've ever said. It sounds to me like Austin, it's, I, I hear these things and I'm thinking, man, I think Austin's like a messenger. Your life's not meant to be easy because you're here to, to, to tell people whether they're your peers or others about this kind of struggle and to normalize it and to make it okay and to take it seriously. I'm not saying that is the case. It just sounds like, huh, maybe that's what's going on. And that's what we've talked about. I said, Austin, you know what I mean? Like, maybe this is your purpose. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you can speak on it. Maybe you can be an advocate for other people, like going through the the mental health care system. And he was on five different medications in that place. I mean, he, he, you know what I mean? Because there were days that he was angry. He'd call us from there and he would just be so mad. Two days later, his counselor there will call me and she'd be like, okay, well, you know I mean? This medication we don't think is working. We're going to try him on this. And so it took quite a while, you know, for him to get on the right medication. What medication are you on right now, Austin? I am on Latuda. Was that for depression and anxiety? Yeah. Actually, the commercials on TV says it's for bipolar. He, like I said, we tried, you know, Zoloft for their depression. He's actually on Prozac also. But he's on 20 milligrams of Prozac, 20 milligrams of Latuda in the morning, 60 milligrams of Latuda at night. He takes propanol, I think is what it's called, and it's an anti-anxiety medicine. And he also has an anti-anxiety medication that he can take that works like within 15 minutes if he needs it. And then you can take that every four hours as needed. But it took a while to get the medication right. Like I said, you know, I feel bad for the people that don't have the opportunity to do that because they just send them out and are like, okay, well, here you go. Yeah. People that don't have parents, people that don't have money, people that don't have mm-hmm. a lot of things, they never get that figured out. And they, right. they in their lives, maybe they become an addict, whatever it might be. Well, then they do something bad because they're trying to survive. And then we label them a felon and lock them up. And all of a sudden right. mental health isn't part of the conversation. You're just a terrible human being. Hey, you know what, Heather, I have a question for you. You had said something about that drugs actually on the commercials, it's for bipolar. And earlier you said something about him being, Austin being misdiagnosed as um, schizophrenic. 
is it a weird question for me to ask? Are you not cool with some of those labels? I get that they're not actually accurate in this case, but what if he were those things? Would that be difficult for you? It wouldn't be difficult for me. I don't think as his mother, but I think it would be difficult for him because I feel like as soon as they label you with something, you're automatically judged by the kids, the your peers. I just, it's already, it's already a tough world that we live in for these kids. I mean, the pandemic hasn't helped. Mm. It's already hard, but for somebody to put a label on him, I just didn't want him to be labeled. I didn't want him, you know, a freak or whatever else kids like to say. I just didn't want him to be labeled as anything like that. Mm. I don't care what he is. (laughs) I just, you know what I mean? I'm happy he's here. And like I said, we're just taking one day at a time. And I actually took a little bit of time off from work. I took FMLA this time. So I was able to be home with him as part of his recovery this time, which I think is also very important because, you know, as parents get caught up in our work, our daily lives and just kind of think, oh, you know what I mean? Like our kids are okay. And you know what? Sometimes our kids are not okay. I can get another job if I needed to. So I've actually been home since April 4th and I don't have to go back until June 21st. So, so we don't know when this pandemic's really over, right? But it's starting to let loosen up. At least in North Carolina, we're able to do more things. What's it like where you are, Austin? They're going to do a full state reopening June 30th. Kind of mixed feelings a little bit because like, yeah, I'm excited for everything to reopen. But at the same time, it's just like I've been locked. We've been locked up for like almost a year. It'll be different for sure. Like going back to school five days a week next year will be different. You know, even going to school two days a week with the mask is different. Are you going to be a senior this upcoming year? I'm going to be a junior. Do you think about your future? I do. What do you think about when you imagine your future? As you can see in the back end of my room, I love tractors. I uh, want to be a heavy equipment operator. Really? Why is that? It's interesting. Because I don't know. Ever since I was three, I've always loved tractors. Ever since I was three, I was like, okay. I was like, what are those things? Mm. And they just fascinate me. So I was just like, why not work on them? Hell yeah. What do you want me to do? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Got to be alive. Got to be alive to do that, of course. Yes. Right. Yes. And I know from what you shared today that it's, you know, it's day by day. Yeah, it's day by day. And it'll probably be day by day for the rest of his life. Hmm. It's it's one of those things where, like, out of all people, Austin tried to end his life. Yeah. I would have never thought, would have never thought that I would be one of those people. Before last year, when your depression hit from, and you said that, right? I believe last year. Yeah. Like, you said you were dealing with anxiety, and, and I'm sure you had other stuff that's challenging, but were you kind of mostly okay? Yeah. I was, like, a happy kid. I was, like, you know, if you're a normal kid, like, you know what I mean? Like when I was younger, I used to play in the dirt and like, you know, I used to like enjoy life. Yeah. I used to have like a meaningful life, I guess you could put it. I just felt happy. Like and right now I just feel okay. Mm-hmm. Again, not like happy. Not great, but good. Yeah. Mm. It's a start. Like I said, every day is every day is a new day. Exactly. Us that you said there's not many people in your life that you can talk to. And when I say that, what we're talking about is someone you want to talk to that you feel. Yeah. Like a close friend or like somebody. Yeah. yeah. Have a counselor, but I mean, she works. I mean, if somebody hears this 
and they're in somebody's life who's struggling because you, you know what people might need in terms of yeah. how you engage with them. So any thoughts for people who might be able to help someone out? Just listen to them. Just sit down, listen to them. And just, again, like my mom said, don't tell them how they're feeling. Just acknowledge your feelings. Acknowledge your feelings are valid. Why do you think so few people seem to be able to do that? Because people are so judgmental people and people, I feel like that's part of it. It's the whole judgmental thing. Like you say, oh, if you're like, everyone says that men aren't supposed to cry. But like if a grown man's crying or like has anxiety, they're, they, they automatically think like they're worse. That's how I look at it. That's what this generation makes it feel like. Because I haven't cried in like this long, for a long time. Me neither. Why, why is that? It sounds like you've gone through a lot and crying would be a sort of response that makes sense. Yeah, it's just been very emotional, very, you know, I mean, some of the stuff that I've been through, some of the stuff that I put my parents through, it's mm. hard. I just feel bad. I just can't have that guilt that I care. The guilt it's hard good. to forgive myself mm-hmm. for what I've done because my parents have forgiven me, but I just haven't forgiven myself. That's what's hard. Yeah. What's one of the coping skills that you said you you learned? in that program well i have a bunch of them but this is like deep breathing like mindfulness like living in the moment meditation and i have a bunch of coping skills like at my house that i use like we yeah. have a job lawn tractor and i just drive that around the yard that's one <laughs> that's one coping skill i've never heard of before well driving the tractor yeah it, it's just you and the tractor that's it i love it that's it's awesome like wonderful. I've never done it. I bet it's a blast. Oh, yeah, 100%. Some singing. Yeah. Man, it doesn't get better than that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what open-ended sort of thing here. What uh, What else would either of you like to, 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 to share? My biggest thing is, as a parent, just listen. You know what I mean? If your kids are having a hard time, I know as a parent, sometimes it's hear- hard to hear these things, but listen and take them seriously. I feel like a lot of times too, you know, we compare our kids and it's like, you can't compare the kids. You can't, every kid's different. And just listen, you know, don't answer for them. Like I said earlier, just let them talk. Let them tell you, you know, how they're feeling that day and, you know, justify it. And it's very important for losing our kids, you know? And like I said, I would have never thought this would have been part of my journey but I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about my husband. I've learned a lot about Austin. What about you? Any other thoughts? Again, just have the parents listen hmm. and have the kids, even if they're afraid to speak up, just tell the truth because that's, that's what helps. And if the parents don't or aren't able to, your kids will stop talking to you eventually about certain things. Oh yeah, we yeah. do that. Right? Like eventually yeah. you give the signal that you're not open to hearing something and most people will respond eventually with uh, we're just not going to have this conversation, but it doesn't make the problems go away. But you put, you right. both know that. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. You know this. <laughs> I believe are you my first guests in Washington? You might be. So you're representing the entire great state. <laughs> Washington. Thank you. It's been really interesting to talk to both of you and Austin, uh, particularly you and your, your, your courage to share. And I do, I would love to, you know, you're not asking me, but I'm giving you this unsolicited thought. 
I hope you can continue talking about it. It might sound cliche, but it's needed. A lot of people, particularly people that might resonate with you and some of your specific struggles. Yeah. You, you could be a lifeline. So it may not be today. It may not be on a stage. It may, I don't know what it would look like, but I hope you can, if you feel comfortable doing so. Um, it'd be really powerful. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, thank yeah. you for doing what you do. Yeah, I appreciate this is a good thing you're doing for sure. Trying, trying. That's all we can do, you know? Yeah. Like all I right. said, thank you for doing what you do. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks again to the both of you uh, for joining me in Austin. Hang in there, man. Thank you. Hang in there. One day at a time. One day at a time. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, y'all. Enjoy the rest of your day and thanks All again. Right. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Austin and his mom, Heather, out in Washington. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. If you listen on Apple, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Or let folks know about the podcast. Both really do help. That is all for episode number 59. Stay strong. Do the very best you can. I'll talk to you soon.